before we get into this episode, I just want to give everybody a little warning that it gets pretty gruesome and pretty rough. So if you don't have the stomach for things that it's not necessarily true crime, but very medically related, I wouldn't listen to this episode and we will just catch you in the next one. Also, it's exactly what you think it is from the title. So if the idea makes you uncomfortable, just, yeah, catch us next time. Hey guys, welcome back to Fatal Tales. I'm one of your hosts, I'm Azra. And I'm Katie. And today's episode is going to be slightly different. It's going to be a Tiny Tales episode. So Tiny Tales episodes are going to be shorter and a little bit weirder. We're just going to be choosing fun topics that only one of us is going to research and just tell the other one about it for the duration of the episode. So hopefully you guys enjoy that. And so Azra has researched this episode. I know very little about what's actually going to be said or anything at all. So I'm super excited to just learn. Today's episode is going to be about the gruesome histories of chainsaws and how they were used in childbirth. And we're even going to be going into the Irish National Investigation into the use of chainsaws in childbirth. So the inspiration for this episode came from a TikTok that I saw that went slightly viral a couple of weeks ago by a user named Hello My Name is John. I will link the TikTok in the show notes for this episode. But the TikTok claimed that chainsaws were originally used to widen the pelvis during childbirth and that this is what they were invented for. So I wanted to find out if this was actually even true and apparently it is. So a chainsaw was invented in the 18th century that looked very similar to the one that we use today. We will put pictures out on our Instagram page of what these chainsaws looked like and they're pretty horrifying looking. What the fuck? <laughs> I know. You're, you're talking about a chainsaw, a, like a regular, like what I'm picturing of a chainsaw that like we use to cut down trees. Mm-hmm. To widen a pelvis? So actually, the chainsaw that was invented to widen the pelvis was the initial one. And then another one was invented a little while later and then from that somebody got the inspiration and they were like hey we could use this to fucking cut down some trees this is like a violent tool oh yeah i'm gonna get into it i'm gonna get into how it actually worked and i'm gonna get into what it felt like and how long they were used for it was used for way too long in my opinion this is terrifying. Like, I mean, childbirth is scary enough, but you add a fucking chainsaw to it and it just gets so much worse. Okay, this chainsaw was invented in the 18th century and it was invented by Scottish doctors John Aitken and James Jeffrey. This oh, version hold on, of the- hold on. I just realized, isn't this dangerous for the child? Oh, just you wait. <laughs> I'm gonna fucking get into that. 
I'm so scared. Okay. So, this version of the chainsaw was used for the process of what is called symphysiotomy. So, symphysiotomy is the process of surgically dividing the pubic symphysis, or the pelvis, so that a baby can pass through. Now, today, symphysiotomies are not really used in Western medicine unless it's an absolute last resort. So they're only done in a patient where a C-section is needed to be performed, but can't be for some reason, or a vacuum extraction has failed. A what? A vacuum extraction. So vacuum extraction is when they use like a fucking vacuum and like suck the baby out. Fun fact, that's how my brother was born. He was born via vacuum extraction. What the fuck? Yeah, so actually, reading this made me realize that, like, if he hadn't been born via vacuum extraction, my mom would have had to get a symphysiotomy. But obviously, today, symphysiotomies aren't being used with, like, fucking chainsaws. And anesthesia is better, and, like, because they're not being used with chainsaws, it's much safer, and it's really considered, like, a day surgery. But anyways, there's still a lot of side effects that we will get into. I am legitimately shocked right now. When... We said chainsaws in childbirth, and I, like, had heard about the TikTok, and I was like, okay, sure, but it's different than what I'm thinking, (laughs) and and now I'm really scared. Oh, oh, yeah, you fucking should be. Just you wait. So, symphysiotomies have been around since the late 1500s, though, as mentioned earlier, it wasn't until the 18th century that a chainsaw for them was invented and apparently using a chainsaw was seen as ideal by doctors wait because the alternative was using a knife wait i need you to like kindergartner explain this to me Mm -hmm. because i don't think i can handle a like super graphic description what what happens So, in a symphysiotomy, it's while a woman is in labor, but her pelvis isn't big enough for the baby to pass through. So, they surgically divide her pelvis so that it's big enough for the baby to pass through. Like, the bone? Yes, the bone. Now, a lot of the times they do it when a C-section is needed, because, like, obviously they'd want to do a C-section if they could, if the, the pelvis was too small. But yes, the bone. They divide the bone so that a baby can pass through. Okay. Like I was saying, the chainsaw was seen as ideal to the alternative form of performing a symphysiotomy, which was using a knife, because the knife was very slow and very agonizing for the patient. And they thought that the chainsaws were more precise. This chainsaw was operated manually with the handle that the doctor would turn and the chain would wrap around the pelvic bone. They were basically breaking the woman's fucking bone. What the actual fuck? Right. I need a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, soon after this, something called an osteotome was invented by an orthopedist called Bernard Hine. He claimed that this was an improvement from the original chainsaw because I'm just going to tell you what the word osteotome means and you'll see why he thought it was an improvement. It comes from the Greek words osteo meaning bone and tome meaning cut. 
So it was, it was a literal fucking bone cutter. So the doctors were like, hell yeah, what an improvement from the original chainsaw. It's so much faster, so much more efficient. We can just cut right through this, this bone that's in our way. And it was from this one that the person who decided that they would start cutting down trees got the idea to do it because it looked so much like our current chainsaw. I'm just imagining how imprecise a Mm -hmm. chainsaw is. Oh, yeah. And just, this is dark. Oh, yeah. And this is just our intro to the case. I should say, this is not even the meat of the story we're going to get into. This is just the intro so that you guys have knowledge. So after anesthesia was popularized, even more symphysiotomies were done and even encouraged by doctors. Because doctors at the time thought that symphysiotomies would permanently enlarge the pelvis. So if a woman went through one symphysiotomy, they thought it was better than them having to go through potentially multiple C-sections for later births. Even though today we know that symphysiotomies are temporary. Like, the enlargement is temporary, and your bones are meant to be structured the way your fucking bones are structured. So, by the 1940s, symphysiotomies started to fall out of favor, thankfully, in most of the world, because medicine had made a lot of advances in surgery and in the invention of antibiotics, so it was a lot safer to use C-sections now, because there was less of a risk of infection. Because I'm uh, guessing that with a C-section, obviously, you're cutting through flesh. You're going to have a whole lot of infection and blood loss and things like that. So if they didn't have proper antibiotics or, like, blood that they could donate to people or saline solution or things like that that they can replenish fluids with, it would be really dangerous to perform a C-section. So all of those things probably had a huge impact on C-sections being safe, but I just cannot imagine that cutting a woman's pelvis (laughs) is any, like, that's just... I mean, you have to remember that this was invented in, like, the 1500s, right? So what other fucked up medical things were they doing in the 1500s? I mean, that's valid, but God. But the fact that it lasted for so long is kind of crazy to me. Anyways, now we can get into the real meat of the story and when I really got sucked down a rabbit hole of um, research in for this case. We're going to be talking about religious fuckery and government cover-ups. Isn't that fun? So... Even though the rest of the world had really moved away from symphysiotomies, in Ireland, the push for symphysiotomies still continued. Even though the rest of the world was like, yeah, we shouldn't fucking do that anymore. And this turned out to be a horrible mistake. In Ireland, between the 1940s and 1980s, about 1,500 women had to go through this horrific procedures. Procedure. (laughs) Doctors and hospitals in Ireland at the time were accused of putting religion over the well-being of women. The reason for this is because Catholic doctors were choosing symphysiotomies over C-sections. By the 1900s, even though C-sections were no longer seen as dangerous, once a woman had three C-sections, it was advised for her to start using contraception. 
but these Catholic doctors hated the idea of women using contraception. So they deceived them and used the symphysiotomies, which were essentially torture. Wait, so it, wait, wait, wait. You're telling me the Catholic Church was like, we don't want women to be able to stop having kids, so instead we're gonna saw through their bones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. because three kids is not enough we don't want them to start using contraception so it was catholic doctors and catholic hospitals a lot of women reported nuns being present during the time of their symphysiotomies nuns forcing their husbands and fathers away from them while they were going into the hospital and lying to them telling them they were going to have c-sections even though they were going to get a symphysiotomy so um, were these women like sedated at this point or were they like what what was happening? So it was also around this time that doctors had realized that like putting women under was really dangerous for, you know, the fetus, like it wasn't safe to put women under. So they were only given general anesthesia. Basically what you're telling me is these women felt a lot of what was happening yeah exactly they could feel pretty much everything i hate this there are some things i want to (laughs) say one of them being fuck the catholic church number two being let women control their own bodies for fuck's sake number three god damn it yeah so until about 2014 the state of Ireland had maintained that the operations were necessary, which is fucking bullshit. They were not necessary. However, November 10th, 2014, after a lot of survivors of the symphysiotomies started coming forward and demanding some sort of compensation, Ireland launched a compensation scheme it was a fucking scheme in which women who were victims of this had only 20 days to apply to receive compensation so they're like you're a victim of this physiotomy you have this 20 day window you miss it screw you you don't get any compensation the compensation was yeah the compensation was between 50,000 euros to 150,000 depending on how severe the government decided that they had been harmed so the government gets to decide like oh this woman was harmed more than this woman than this woman than this woman so also like and then within 20 days how do you even know how much harm has been caused i would imagine and maybe i'm incorrect but I would imagine that this would have a large impact on your ability to do pretty much everything, including walk. So if you're a working person and who has to return to a job, this is just not going to happen. So in response to this, 300 survivors of symphysiotomy made a submission to the United Nations Committee Against Torture. And these 300 survivors talked about the history of the procedure and their own horrific personal experiences, including the lifelong effects they are dealing with. This is just like a a warning that we're going to kind of get into like kind of more gruesome things. But I'm going to talk about 
what actually happened to these women like these are actual testimonies from these women and then i'm gonna read some word-for-word testimonies from some women from this document that was submitted to the un typically what would happen is that while a woman was in labor a doctor would come in and just announce that she was going to have a procedure sometimes they would tell her what procedure that she was going to have most of the time they would not tell her or they would lie and say that she was going to have a c-section they were held down by midwives with their legs manacled to stirrups many women said that they screamed to get away during the operation and horrifically this was in front of an audience of many male medical students none of these women were ever spoken to or explained to about what was happening except given a form that they were fucking expected to sign so that the hospital wouldn't be liable like these women are in the throes of what? labor what no no i am not signing your goddamn form get the fuck mm-hmm. away from me k thinks right. bye but these women were young so the youngest girls were 15 and 17 years old jesus 15, christ that's 15 like, your whole life ahead of you you right really oh my god god damn it fuck the patriarchy now, fuck men okay thanks now the most important thing to remember with this is that just because this like after this is done just because the symphysiotomy is over and your fucking pelvis has been taken to with a chainsaw the process of labor is still not over so they use the chainsaw to break open your pelvis but you're still going through labor they're just doing that so your pelvis is big enough for the baby to go through you still have to push the longest amount of labor after operation was in one case two full days no fucking way absolutely yeah absolutely not absolutely not I mm-hmm. am never having kids out of I know my body ever. I completely agree, especially after like researching this case. Like no way. I'm so but good. God. You know what? I'm so good. I'm mm-hmm. super content to adopt. Super content to adopt. I just this this ain't it. This ain't it. And like so... I know that they don't do this anymore, but goddamn, I just two days even even just having labor for two days absolutely the fuck not i know you know on um, top of this the procedure that they do i'm so i cannot imagine like pushing a baby out of like a fucking broken pelvis but anyways you know um raw beauty christy posted that she had given birth to her baby Uh and she had gone through like something like 72 hours of labor Mm -mm. something ridiculous like that and i was like no i feel like at a certain point i would just be like no i'm done like actually no thanks actually i don't want a kid (laughs) we'll just take it back it's Uh, cool just i'm out right because a lot of the times like the pain meds don't fucking work you know a lot of the time they don't work or a lot of women can't even have them so they're just in labor feeling everything for how many days ridiculous absolutely anyways and then your body just blocks that memory out so that you're willing to have kids again because it was so fucking traumatic absolutely not no way never anyways after they finally gave fucking birth women were forced to walk despite their pelvis being broken and their severe pain 
doctors wouldn't even tell women why they couldn't walk properly. Like, they wouldn't give them a straight answer. They wouldn't be like, yeah, we broke your pelvis. They'd just be like, you're being a baby. You just gave birth. You're in pain. Now walk it off. What the goddamn fuck? Yeah. And often women were in so much pain that while they were being forced to walk around the hospital by nurses, they would faint from the pain and not even know why. Until this is like so messed y- up. Yeah, until years later when the details were like made public about like what a symphysiotomy actually is. This is so and messed up. So now, like what you were saying earlier, isn't this dangerous for babies? Well, yes it is. The trauma was not only reserved for women, babies often had signs of trauma from the symphysiotomy procedure as well. One baby had cerebral swelling. Most babies had to be put in incubators immediately after being born because there was so much trauma from the fucking surgery. One baby in the testimony that I read died after being born. Like, God, this woman this went through so this. Horrible. This woman went through this horrific procedure. Her baby died. And then her husband left her because he was like, I married you because I wanted kids. Jesus fuck. I hate the patriarchy. I hate the way that it impacts men and their decisions. I hate the way that women are just expected to have kids, to want kids, to be good moms, when in reality, all of that is a personal decision very deeply. I mean, at this time, obviously, it's even worse than it is today. So let's talk about permanent or long-term effects of this on women. Permanent urinary incontinence was experienced by many women. Some women were like 20 when they went in for this. And then they just had to wear like fucking D-pens for the rest of their life because they had incontinence. Like they're 20. Some had bowel damage. Some had fistulas. Many obviously suffered from depression following birth and for a really long time afterwards. Many women had to use walkers for a long time afterwards. One woman said that it took her seven and a half years to get even close to back to normal, like walking-wise. I believe that. That's insane. Mm -hmm. Many women still waddle. And some even, unfortunately, are now in wheelchairs. So now I'm going to read some first-hand testimonies, like word for word, from this document submitted to the UN. The first one I'm going to read is from a woman named Cora, who was only 17 years old when this procedure was done to her. And I just want to start by saying that she was lied to and told that she was going to have a C-section. So, she said, quote, I felt being cut. I can feel everything I said. I was screaming, it's not working. I felt the pure instinct of death. The nurses were getting sick. They'd leave. I could see them looking horrified. I could feel all that pain. They were not mentioning the baby. I felt it tightening round me. The nurses let go of me. And I saw him go and take out a proper hacksaw, like a wood saw, the same thing as for wood, a half circle with a straight blade and a handle. He took it out of the black case. No nurses had the strength to hold me down. It was out of this world, the torture. The blood shot up to the ceiling, up onto his glasses, all over the nurses. I'll get you in the next world, I thought. 
it was death. I knew I was being killed. So that was horrifying. I fucking hate that. Uh. Mm-hmm. The image of blood, like her blood being shot up to the ceiling and so... onto the doctor and the nurses. Even the nurses not having the stomach to stay in the room. That's so horrifying. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. I know. And this woman, Cora, also talked about how later, while she was still in the hospital recovering, another woman died while a symphysiotomy was being performed on her. Jesus like, Christ. in the next room, the nurses came into her room covered in blood and was like, yeah, a woman just died. What the fuck? Like, she was in her room and she could just hear, like, fucking screaming. And the next thing she knows is that that woman is dead. This is yeah. this is horrifying. I I know. Don't have words. Yep. The next and last one is a woman named Nuala. This is a pretty short one, but it's pretty heavy in my opinion. She said, quote, I was crying with the pain. It was as if my legs fell apart. Keep your legs together, my mother thought. She didn't know what had happened. It was like a nightmare, like coming out of a crash. You'd see older women, crippled, in pain all the time, and you'd ask yourself, is that my lot? End quote. So, obviously that was talking about her after she was home from the procedure. And she's talking about, like, how much fucking pain she was in, even after she got sent home. And these women were being sent home without any sort of painkillers, any sort of information about what had happened. Her mom didn't know what was happening and her mom obviously obviously had given birth before and her mom knew that this wasn't normal but didn't know why it was happening to her and then especially what really gets to me is her seeing older women who are crippled and in so much pain and her asking herself like are these my people like the same women who went through this fucking horrifying thing as me so terrifying i genuinely cannot imagine the just trauma that this yeah. would cause physically obviously but like psychologically i i hate this it's horrible but thankfully we're almost through i just want to talk about like the conclusion to all of this so in response to the 50 page submission which re- obviously revealed a ton of things about the horrors these women went through the un human rights committee came to a decision in july 2014 they said that what ireland had done to compensate was not effective which obviously it was not effective. They said that remedies should include, quote, fair and adequate compensation and rehabilitation on an individualized basis. I didn't even think about this, but if you weren't aware of what happened to you and like what it was, how could you even apply for compensation within 20 days? Like, you may not be aware until you talk to other women and realize that what you, like, what happened to you is not normal and that you deserved that compensation. So obviously they should be paid and taken care of. So the UN also said that victims should also be able to challenge the amounts that are offered to them by the government the un also said that ireland needs to open a quote prompt independent and thorough investigation end quote and punish those that they can who are still alive 
So that was all the way in 2014. However, as of today, the results of an investigation or the investigation in Ireland are still unknown. So who the fuck knows what's happening with that? If Ireland is even doing an investigation or if they're even going to punish anybody who's still alive or if they're just going to keep going with the narrative that they had held until 2014 that the sim physiotomy procedures were necessary. I have no words. And normally I'm not the type of person who gets like speechless, Mm -hmm. but I just have no opinions other than what the fuck. This is horrifying. Yeah. This was a really horrifying case. I still can't believe that, you know, the main issue in Ireland was because these Catholic doctors were choosing the symphysiotomies over C-sections, even though they knew it was more dangerous because they just didn't want women using contraception because they didn't want families to stop growing, which is ridiculous. That's so fucking horrible because, I mean, obviously people want to restrict access to abortion, which is like, go fuck yourself, but- Women have just been, for all of history, abused and pushed down and told our, you know, our places, the kitchen, or that our job is to care for the children and that we're not good for anything else, that we're not smart enough, that we're not good enough, that we're not strong enough. And it's so fucked up and horrifying. And then you have things like this where it's like genuine malpractice and abuse on a wide scale because they feel that women should continue to have children like what yeah the fuck this case is truly fucked up but it's not anything that's surprising to me about like where we are in the world i could see shit like this happening today i bet shit like this still happens today but we just don't know about it obviously it it definitely does and i can say that based upon the fact that there are women in ice camps being forced to have hysterectomies without their knowledge. It just repulses me so thoroughly I cannot describe it. In conclusion, fuck the patriarchy. I hope you have a great one, guys. That was was our case. Sorry, we don't have anything light to go out on. No ending where the bad guy gets caught. This is just fucking humanity. So, if you enjoyed this, please share this episode. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes if you wish to do so. Follow us on Instagram at Fatal Tales, on Twitter at Fatal Tales Pod, and feel free to send in any case suggestions that you might have at fataltales at gmail.com. So, remember guys... Be gay and don't do crimes. Or at least don't get caught. Don't do these crimes. Definitely don't Don't do these crimes. Jesus Christ. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Have a good one, guys.